0: Hey there, and welcome to the Nonfiction Authors Podcast. I'm Carla King, your host, and this week, enjoy a flash from the past that is still as relevant today as it was then. It's a conversation between Stephanie Chandler and me about how to make sure your book launches to five-star reviews. So I hope you enjoy it and learn a lot from it. You can find the transcript, show notes, links, and other resources. As always, at nonfiction authors association.com.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to our interview series for the Nonfiction Authors Association. Today's event is with Carla King, and we're going to be talking about how to launch your book with five star reviews. I'm your host, Stephanie Chandler of the Nonfiction Authors Association. If you're new to us, in addition to event recordings, our community members receive exclusive templates, checklists, and other content released weekly. Media leads sent out by email every Friday. Access to our active member community on Facebook. Discounts off our year-round nonfiction book awards program and our nonfiction writers conference events, which are conducted entirely online. And discounts with our awesome partners, including Lulu, Find Findaway Voices, Office Depot, Ingram Spark, and more. We would love for you to join us over at NonfictionAuthorsAssociation.com. And now I'm thrilled to introduce our guest and longtime friend of NFAA. Carla King, is the founder of Self Publishing Bootcamp, a series of educational books and workshops that help independent authors publish their books. She's a frequent speaker at writing conferences a consultant and industry advisor, a formal te- former technical writer, and avid adventure traveler. Carla self-published her first book in 1995 and in 2005 started helping other authors by teaching, blogging, and speaking on the topic. Since then, she's reviewed hundreds of products geared to the independent author. Those reviews are the basis for her Consumer's Guide to Publishing Tools and Services, a free constantly updated resource for the community. Hey, Carla, thanks so much for joining
0: me today. Thanks, Stephanie. It's great to join you for, I think, our fourth talk for your NFAA. Is it our fourth? <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. I just looked it up. It's four. I've been talking with you about geeky stuff for many years now.
1: I love that you do geeky stuff because I geek out on technology, too, and you're one that actually takes time to test all this stuff and Learn about the tools. You're always a great wealth of resources.
0: Thanks. Yes, it's an obsession.
1: (laughs) Yeah, clearly. And it's an awesome one. And we actually are talking about this topic today because I saw that you wrote a blog post on the topic of launching your book to five-star reviews. And I thought it was brilliant. And you list several steps to getting your book ready to launch. The first is to place your book on the correct virtual shelf. What does that mean?
0: We're all used to going to certain bookstores and looking through the shelves there. And it's no different online. People look for your book on a certain shelf that they frequent. And you should know what that shelf is. And surprisingly, many authors, especially who are independently publishing, completely skip that step. But it's so important. All you have to do is go to Amazon Advanced Search, Actually, in one of my courses, I go through a spreadsheet that helps authors find the books that are like theirs, right? And look at the covers to make sure that your cover fits in. You don't want a reader coming to your book on the virtual shelf where they're used to looking for the books that they like to read and looking at the cover and saying, oh, no, that doesn't look like a book that I would read, right? (laughs) That's a huge mistake authors make is to make their Book covers look different. You want to copy the look and feel of the popular books, figure out which ones are best sellers, and go find those authors who are writing those books. Look at their websites and start following them on social media. Just fit in and know your tribe and make sure that you're finding your readers by getting your book in the right place on Amazon and all the other bookstores. I would think
1: categories are a big part of that. And I think this is a topic a lot of authors aren't aware of with Amazon, mm. that there's, we have a lot more control over categories than we think. Can you talk about
0: that briefly? Sure. And on other sites, there are BISAC codes. And categories is simply Amazon's take on BISAC codes. Oh, we're getting geeky with terms already. But <laughs> that is the shelf, right? Nonfiction, business, women in business, accounting, the fitness and health. And which niche are you going to own? To paraphrase the name of one of your books, right? Drill down and find that bookshelf or niche in the category that attracts people who are Using Amazon's search engine or another bookstore's search engine, those are called keywords. So if I say I want a book that shows me what fitness routines at home, what's a good example? Maybe like
1: a diabetes cookbook.
0: That would be great. Yeah. Recipes for diabetics, right? You want to explore what the search results that come up and be like the best selling books.
1: And find out what categories are listed in, So if you go down the
0: page on Amazon, right, on each book, you go down the page and you see the publisher, right, the date it was published, the pricing and all that. Below that, you can see what categories they're in and what ranking they're in, right? They might be 312 in one subcategory and five in another subcategory. Amazon is the best place to find the stuff because their search engine is so good. So it doesn't matter if you're uploading your book to Kobo or another online store, but Amazon just has this great search tool, Amazon advanced search that you can use to find the books like yours and figure out what those categories are. And so you want to look for about 10 books like yours that are selling well and look at where they're doing well, where you can compete better. Some people play with the categories, they try and become a bestseller in a very little used category, and game the system. And there are a lot of blog posts on how to do this. And I don't really recommend that. Sure, you can go for that bestseller sticker. (laughs) But it's not good practice for the long term. But for the short term, it might be good. But man, this is such a complicated topic. I have a whole class that lasts an hour on that. And it just goes on and on. Yeah, and
1: echo that. I'm not a big fan of gaming the Amazon bestseller system. Where I was going with the category thing is that it's important to figure out what categories and subcategories your book should be listed in so that you can ask Amazon to add your book to those categories, because I think a lot of authors don't realize that you can actually reach out to Amazon support and they will add your book to up to 10 categories
0: you're right and thanks for mentioning that because when you're uploading your book you only get to assign a couple of categories after it's published you can add more for sure and i would recommend keeping track of that every couple of months looking back at your book and seeing if you need to change categories
1: absolutely that's a great Mm -hmm. suggestion carla So you also recommend that authors work with beta readers, which is, I had my first experience with beta readers with my last book launch, and I loved the entire process for a whole bunch of reasons. Tell us why you recommend beta readers and what they are for those who aren't familiar
0: what they are, the early readers of your book. So if you're publishing in a niche, you're probably publishing to solve a problem. So you probably have some people (laughs) that you're helping. So use those people to test your book, to make sure that you're reaching your audience. These are just early readers. And make sure that you're asking them the right questions too. I use a tool called betabooks.co. They allow you to upload your chapters, your whole book, to an online system where you can ask readers to give you feedback. So it's really important to ask for the right feedback, right? So make sure that you're not asking, make sure that they're not copy editing the book, right? To say, Mm. okay, am I addressing your problem in this chapter? What are you understanding? What aren't you understanding? Are you interested? If you're writing memoir or other creative nonfiction, you might be asking, are you still engaged in the story? Do you like the characters? But if you're looking for recipes for diabetics, you're going to ask a whole nother set of questions, right? Are these recipes easy to follow? Am I providing enough technical information on sugar levels and all of that? When you have engaged beta readers, engaged early readers, they start to feel really invested in your book. Like they're helping you write the book, right? So when your book is launched they're going to be completely engaged these are the people that you can leverage to become part of your street team to get those five star reviews on the site so make sure to acknowledge them keep them engaged thank them on social media use your acknowledgements page to thank the best of the best beta readers i had about 10 really good ones i don't know how many beta readers did you have beta readers or did you have a street team for that book your latest self-publishing book
1: yeah. I had, I invited beta readers. My goal was to get a hundred. I had 300 and I accepted them all except one who didn't look legit. And mm-hmm. then I didn't want editorial feedback, but I ended up getting it and I was glad I did. It actually made a big difference and realizing we actually needed another couple rounds of editing. And so mm-hmm. the whole process turned out to be really helpful From that perspective, and then, like you said, they were the first people to post reviews. And then two things that surprised me with that, one was that many of them went and bought the book when it launched, even though they didn't have to. They bought the book and showed their support, and I thought that was Amazing. And it really touched me. And the other thing I really enjoyed about beta readers was just having that personal connection with my readers and getting to know them and appreciate them and learning. Many of them had been reading my books for years. I didn't know that. So I just found the whole process really personally rewarding as well, just beyond the fact that I got so many wonderful reviews. And by the way, Carla, your review of that book is still the most highly rated review on Amazon. It's the first review they show when you go to the book page.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And you know what? I did buy the book because I I want to support you. And I and we often do this to support each other in our community, in our tribe. And I wanted it to be an Amazon confirmed buyer review so if I hadn't purchased it my review of your book would have been buried probably
1: yeah. And I greatly appreciate that. And in fact, you had the greatest headline too. You said, I put my highlighter away. And it, I just thought that was a great headline for the review. So beta readers, every book I ever do from now on, I will leverage and invite beta readers to participate.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's up to you when you invite them in. I write memoir as well as how to, and it's scary to invite people into an early early read of a memoir it's a very personal book and you know there's mistakes everywhere and you're maybe revealing too much kind of scary things of, about your life and your thoughts and but i still think it's worth the risk to go earlier than you're comfortable with because you mm. get so much amazing feedback from people who often say, wow, you know, what you said, I'd be scared to say it, but I so identify with it, (laughs) which is what you're going for when you're doing creative nonfiction and memoir.
1: Absolutely. That's wonderful advice. Yeah. It's getting out of your comfort zone, especially when you're writing memoir. it It really is. So next up, you talk about cultivating relationships with bloggers and other influencers. Tell us what you mean by that.
0: You know, influencers are people who have a large audience themselves. And in the market research, step number one, you've identified best selling authors in your niche. Now, I wouldn't think of those people as competitors, i think of them as peers, right? And it's always awesome when you can co market your books together or, or create anthologies together. But first, you have to cultivate that relationship, which means following them, going to their website, getting their freebie, joining their mailing list, commenting on their social media posts, and not, this is the social media rule of thirds, right? Don't walk in the room saying, hey, I'm an author, I have a book, look at my book, treat it like a party, enter, listen, connect with people, and then later when people start being curious about those brilliant comments that you're making <laughs> and they say, what do you do? You could say, Oh, I'm writing a book on this. The more relationships you cultivate with these influencers, the greater your reach when they become a friend, a part of your tribe. Like both of us have are we would be called influencers and I'm an influencer also in the adventure travel industry. And I get hit hard all the time by travel writers who have new books who want me to spread the word. But most of the time, they just push their book at me and say, hey, will you help me publicize it? So I'm like, I don't even know you. In fact, I don't even reply. But some people do it right. They really make friends. They are very interested and interesting. And I've seen the formula and it's a good one.
1: Yeah, and I had a note on here about personal relationships because, you know, you and I have become friends over many years of being side by side at San Francisco Writers Conference and other writers events. And once you have a personal relationship with somebody, you're far more likely to wanna support each other. When you like each other and know each other and you're not just out for please promote me, promote Mm -hmm. me. I love that you say that because I think if you can find a way to form a relationship And also make it a two-way exchange. I'll I'll feature you on my blog if you feature me on yours, those types of things. Interview each other for your programs.
0: (laughs) That's right. Exactly.
1: So, so Carla, you also talk about the importance of having a high-converting website. What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, so I was working with an author just last week, and I looked at her website, she's writing, she's got a few books, a series that's coming out, but her website has, it's so busy, there's so much to do on her website, you can go read all of her blog posts, she's got a little travel company, she hooks to videos, and She has an email sign-up form at the bottom of her homepage. I was like, oh my gosh. This is the example of a very low-converting website because people get so busy, if they're interested in her topic, they get so busy watching the videos and reading the blog posts that they never see the email offer. So I'm working with her to create a giveaway that people want an ethical bribe, we call it, (laughs) and put the email sign up on the front of the page, at the top of the page, get rid of all those menu items and have a home and an about and a blog menu item, create a landing page, which is a page that doesn't even have those menu items on. The only thing you can do is put your email address in to get the freebie that you want and that's called a landing page but you can make your website a high converting just by i mean on carlaking.com my front page has three places to sign up for my email list <laughs> i felt bad i've developed it over the years and i felt bad because i do have blog posts and podcasts and all this information but really i want to give people i want to give people my book. I want to give them the free chapter of my book about travel in America, and then I have another sign up for travel through China, and then another one for, I think, women in motorcycling, women who want to choose a beginner motorcycle. And it seems like a lot, but I have to say, I've surveyed people, and they're not irritated by it. And I even have those irritating pop-ups. Now, you think they're irritating, but how many times do you end up putting your email address in those pop-ups
1: yeah i love valuable lead magnets so Mm -hmm. great reports videos content things that people want to sign up for i think every author needs one of those that's a great tip carla Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so basically your website every piece of content you publish should have a an offer like on your blog, oh, do you want more about this? Sign up for my newsletter. I talk about this all the time. Get the free report. It's not irritating if it's at the bottom of your blog post. I use a tool called ConvertKit. What do you use? AWeber, MailChimp. It's constant contact for many years. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's> constant <laughs> yeah. contact. These tools, email marketing newsletter tools, make it very easy to create a little sign-up. Area on the and you can add it to your HTML and this is very cheap. If you don't, if you don't have web skills, you can easily find somebody to do this kind of thing for under a hundred dollars easily.
1: For sure, it's something else we've done. We create. Bonus downloads and reports every couple of months. And so we finally created a, a whole page called Freebies, and we mm-hmm. list all of these different free reports. And that page alone generates about 50 new signups a week just mm-hmm. from because there's so much to choose from. <laughs> but... And that's not even including our existing subscribers who get the free reports, and we're keeping them engaged. So I'm a huge fan of. Free content, give them your best content. This is how we build our followings. So, Carla, I get a lot of questions about whether or not we should be setting up pre orders. What are some of the mm-hmm. advantages of doing that?
0: Pre orders, one thing, it solves this irritating problem of releasing a book using Ingram Spark. You hit that publish button and it takes a while for your book to be populated at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, (laughs) at Kobo, right? So your book is launched, and it's not going out on the same day, actually, because of this population problem. So your book, when you set up pre-orders, your book actually will be launched on the same day at all retailers. Pre-orders help your super fans review the book first. Those super fans that you cultivated before, your beta readers, are much more likely to reserve a pre-order. In fact, did I reserve a pre-order of your book? Did you do it? We did, and you probably yeah. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I did because I wanted to give you that review on the first day. and help you do that. And I think you you did the whole pre-order thing right, the whole beta reader thing right. You had a list of your beta readers, and you reminded them when the book was coming out. You thanked them for all the awesome input. It just made us feel really good about our participation in your book, and it really made it feel like we helped a lot, which I know we did because I've had similar experiences. And that's a huge one. The other thing is that on iBooks and Kobo, all the orders that you accumulate before your launch date are credited toward your first day's sales rank. (laughs) So Amazon doesn't do this, but iBooks and Kobo does this. So you can be a bestseller status on launch day at iBooks and Kobo. That's pretty cool. So Unfortunately, Amazon doesn't do that, but iBooks is not insignificant. Kobo doesn't have the reach that iBooks does. And of course, neither has the reach Amazon does, but the Apple community is very enthusiastic. I think it's great for that.
1: Yeah, and Amazon's still tabulating those pre-sales. And we found that we were ending up in hot new releases lists in our categories, during the pre-sale, which was a nice bonus that we weren't really anticipating. And again, you and I share that belief that those one day bestseller campaigns are really worth nothing. But if you can maintain your position in the top 10 or 20 of a category for an ongoing period of time, the value in that is the visibility and the sales lead to more sales. So it's not about being able to say my book was the bestseller. It's about showing up in those lists so that other people buy the book.
0: And when you are ranked highly, you show up in those lists at the bottom of books like yours. It says people who bought this book also like this or people who like this book also like that book. So Amazon has a great recommendation engine and it's automatically generated. So yeah, keeping your book high all the time and not just one day is definitely the best way to go.
1: Awesome. And the other point is that Amazon won't accept reviews until the book is officially live, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so frustrating, isn't it? So
1: To bring all this home, the point of this is that if you have those early readers, and the day your book is live, if they've had early access, and especially if they pre-ordered it, they can be your first reviews and they can show up as verified reviews if they purchased it, right? Yes,
0: exactly. And I use a tool called Book Funnel to give my book away in ebook format and digital format, PDF, to get people excited about the book and so that they digitally in whatever format they want. And oftentimes they love that, but they want the print book as well. So they go elsewhere to Amazon or another retailer for the print book. And I love BookFunnel because it allows you to nudge. It automatically nudges your readers who haven't downloaded the book yet. It's got a lot of great features and it's not very expensive.
1: Yeah, it's an awesome tool, Mm BookFunnel. Lots of you authors using that. Carla, any
0: final tips? I think this was so helpful. Thanks. Yeah, final tips. I just... I really want people to do their market research (laughs) and competitive analysis and fit into their niche. So doing that first step or even going back and making the corrections that you need to fit into your niche is fine. Because you can change your book cover without changing your ISBN. So if it's late to start, you can go back and do your market research and increase sales listen to your beta readers, really, really create your community and connect with the peers and pump each other up, create a giveaway with an anthology marketing that you can do that by giving your book away for free, creating the anthology using Amazon KDP Select, which I don't recommend going exclusive with Amazon, except for these free anthology type giveaways that promote a whole subset of authors. And what's the last one? Oh, get rid of that clutter on your homepage and just, you can even replace your homepage with a landing page with a promise of a free ebook and more information coming down the line. I've recommended many of my authors to just archive their website for now and replace it with a single landing page with a single purpose. And that has worked very well. That's it. Yeah. Those are my best tips. Great
1: info. Carla, tell us where our listeners can connect with you online and what services you offer.
0: Okay. I have a coaching business for authors who want to independently publish. And I love creating courses. I've got a big course on how to do the kinds of things that we talked about and everything self-publishing related, including setting up your publishing business. And if you're a nonfiction author, you might have a business that you're attaching your book to if you don't i can help you do that and those are at selfpubbootcamp.com thank you for that carla and thanks for your time today
1: this was really interesting conversation thank you stephanie it's always great to be here it's always fun to chat with you and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today we conduct these interviews every wednesday you can check our schedule of events online at nonfictionwritersconference.com, or excuse me, nonfictionauthorsassociation.com, or sign up for our mailing list to get notifications and maybe download one of our free reports. And that's it. We're a wrap for today. I hope you all have a wonderful day.